In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints of God, we find in our Gospel reading, Mark chapter 7, our Lord Jesus traveling around in the lands north of Israel. He was over by Tyre and Sidon, which would be on the Mediterranean coast up there in the north, and he travels east over past the Sea of Galilee to the other side to the region of the Decapolis, the ten cities. This was a, this was a Greek area, not is, uh, Israel at all, but full of pagans and heathens. But word of his authority and his ability to heal had gotten out even into these regions. And so they were bringing to Jesus many people to be healed. Matthew notes that there were crowds of people who were deaf and mute and blind and lame, and Jesus was there healing them, giving them their health back. But Mark, when he tells us this, he he doesn't say anything about the multitudes or the crowds or all of the different people being healed. He focuses simply on this one man that we heard about in the Gospel text. A man who was deaf, and because of his deafness, he had a, a, a difficulty speaking, a speech impediment. He was near mute. Now, the text doesn't tell us any other details about the man, but we can sort a few things out from the context. Living where he was, he was most likely not a Jew, but a pagan. The Gospel text will often note if a man or a a person has a, a sickness from their birth, and no such note is made here, so we can assume that this man's deafness came on later in life, that he lost his hearing from some sort of sickness or some sort of accident. We don't know, but perhaps. We also know that this man had family or friends that cared about him, for he was brought to Jesus by those who must have heard of his ability to heal. Now, imagine being this man. Your whole world would be silent. You, you would walk around and you would see people's, uh, see people's lips moving, but you could hear nothing. You could watch the animals pass by, the donkeys. You could see them wagging their tails and shaking their ears. You would know that there was sound and noise, but you would hear absolutely nothing. Silence. The birds in the trees, the the rain falling on the roof of the house. You know that they're singing and making noise, but you hear nothing but silence. Now, into your life of silence, one day, your your group of friends or family comes scuttling in, and they seem to have something urgent going going on. They they gather you up, and they're trying to communicate with you, but you can't hear what they're saying. And, And they take you down the street, and they bring you to this crowd, and they're taking you to see this man that you've never seen before. Here we go again, you think. Another one of these healers coming through. We've, we've been on this donkey before. We've ridden this bull. We know what this is like. But this man seems a little bit different. He's Jewish. And what's a Jewish man doing up here? And he has 12 other Jewish men with him. How strange that this teacher would be found this far north in this heathen country. And now as you watch, you see your friends. You see your friends talking to this man. You see them pointing back at you, trying to tell him uh, something, begging him for something, and now this man turns and looks at you with compassion in his eyes. You can see it. 
You can't hear anything, but you can see that. It's like he's known you for a long time. And now he's looking at you more intently. And he's looking at your ears. And he's looking at your mouth. And now he comes to you. And he takes you away from the crowd. And it's just you and him and his disciples. And he starts to do some incredibly strange things. He puts his fingers in your ears. He spits on your tongue. He takes his hand and he reaches out and he touches your tongue. And now as you watch in amazement, this man is looking up to heaven and even though you can't hear it, you can see that he's sighing as if he's bearing some sort of great burden and now almost instantly sound comes flooding into your ears out of the silence that has been there for years. A sound of a word out of this man's mouth. Ephaphatha, be opened. Can you imagine it? The way I think of it is like, a, is like the sound of a wave that starts in the distance and it grows louder and louder and louder until it crashes in on his ears. Ephaphatha! Like the doors are flung open and all sorts of sounds start flooding in. The, world, the sounds of the world, the greeting of his neighbors, the, the voice of his family. And now this man is even able to speak rightly himself to thank the Lord Jesus for giving him his ears and his tongue. What joy! For Jesus is the very life of heaven come down in the flesh incarnate, walking on the earth, bringing life and health and joy wherever He goes. For His compassion knows no bounds or no boundaries or no limits. It is difficult to imagine how spectacular that day was for this deaf and mute man. We can ask Him to tell us about it when we see Him in heaven. And I suspect even there His joy will not be diminished. For I suspect that the rest of His days on this world, He, he remembered. He had echoing in His ears. From, from that moment until the day that He died, that marvelous word of His Lord Jesus, Ephaphatha, be opened. And so it was that He and his friends and his family and all the people of that region are utterly astonished. And they, by faith, speak the praises of Jesus, saying, as it notes at the end of our text, the last verse of the Gospel, He, Jesus, has done all things well. True. He does all things well. This, dear saints, is the text the Gospel reading that's appointed for us today. And we too want to join with the people of the Decapolis, the people of that region, in praising our Lord Jesus. For the same Lord Jesus who healed this man and all the others is our Lord as well. So we ask the question, the simple question, what does the healing of this man, this deaf and mute man, what does it teach us today about our Lord Jesus? And we'll consider simply three things. 
First, this text teaches us that the Lord Jesus is the one who opens our ears to hear his gospel. For by nature we are born deaf to the Lord's word. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Hearing and believing the Lord's Word is a miracle which is wrought by Jesus through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. If you, dear saints, if you believe the Bible, if you believe the Lord's word of life, if you believe, know and believe that Jesus has died on the cross to forgive all of your sins, and you believe that word of the absolution, then this miracle of opening your ears has been wrought in you. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. This is not an accident and it is not natural. With the same miraculous power demonstrated to this man in the Decapolis, the Lord's Word has made its way into your own ears, opened them, and found a home in them and in your hearts. Jesus still opens our ears to hear the Gospel. And the second thing, Jesus still opens our mouths to speak. At the opening of every matin service and every vesper service for that matter, in fact, I think every... Uh, kind of regular office that we pray, we have this versicle from Psalm 51. We set it already together. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. It's the Lord who opens our lips to speak and to sing his praise, to speak of his wondrous works. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, writes Paul again to the Corinthians. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. In the miracle in the Gospel text, we read these words, His tongue was released and He spoke plainly. That's verse 35. That word plainly in the text is perhaps better translated rightly. The Greek word is the word orthos, which means straight, where we get the word orthodontist, straight teeth, or orthodoxy, right praise, straight doctrine. So this man spoke orthodoxly. He spoke rightly. No doubt this means that he was able to speak clearly, to articulate his words so that people could understand, but I cannot help but think that this also refers to what he spoke about. This man, after all, has had his mouth opened to, by Jesus himself so that he might speak the praises of Jesus. What else is this guy going to talk about? And so it is with us. The words and the works of Jesus are always found on the mouths of His Christians. Just like, just like your ears being opened to hear and believe the Gospel, so it is a miracle that Jesus works to open your mouth to speak His praise. When you open your mouth to confess His name, to say, for example, the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, or to sing the hymns that we sing together. The Lord is opening your mouth to show forth His praise. And it's not, dear saints, just in this hall that the Lord opens our mouth, but also in your homes. 
when you sit with your family and you speak His Word one to another, and as the Lord gives opportunity, as you're going on your way with your friends and your neighbors, He opens your mouth to speak His Word, to bless with His name, to forgive sins, to comfort the sorrowful. For it is our Christian privilege to confess the name of Jesus, not just to one another, but to the entire world. And this, too, is a miracle wrought by Jesus through His Holy Spirit and His Word. So we learn that Jesus opens our ears. Jesus opens our mouths. And third and last, we learn from this miracle of the healing of the deaf and mute man that the Lord Jesus cares about us, about all of us, and every aspect of us. He cares about our souls and He cares about our body. He cares about the big things like forgiveness and life eternal and He cares about the little things like our ears and our mouth and our eyes. Jesus is not just a spirit that cares about spiritual things. He is in our flesh and blood, and He cares about your flesh and blood. There is a dangerous way of thinking that floats around outside of the church and even creeps its way into the church called Gnosticism, which says, among other things, that the spirit is good and the body is bad. This is simply wrong and dangerous. But Gnosticism is like a field mouse or like a, or like a bat. It can wiggle into places that you never would expect. And it wiggles even into our own minds and into our own thoughts. We might, for example, think, and this is an example of Gnostic thinking, we might think that when we die and our souls go to heaven to be before the face of Jesus, that, that this is how things will be forever. But this is not true. Things will only be like that for a little while until the Lord returns in glory and then He takes our souls that are before His face and puts them back together with our bodies, our perfected bodies, what we call the resurrection. And it's on that day, the great day of the Lord, the day that He comes in glory, that every deaf ear Every mute mouth, every blind eye, every lame limb, every cancerous cell, every weak heart, every sickness and disease in all of the world, diabetes and Alzheimer's and arthritis and addiction and all of it, all of these things will be healed Jesus cares even about that. And on this, the last day, when He comes in glory, He will heal everyone, all of His dear Christians, and He will make all things new. This is our Jesus the same who healed the man's ears and tongue, who opens our ears and mouth, and who cares for us body and soul now and forever. This is your Jesus, who indeed does all things well.
May his praise resound from our mouths today and into eternity. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.